At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. How to heal a heartbreak. My name is Florence Barkway and you might know me from the Fucks Given podcast and Come Curious. Today's guest is spiritual healer Layla Sadagi. Layla has been a practicing healer and teacher for nearly 20 years and she also works with yoga, tantric yoga and yoga asana. She has had a lot of amazing training and experience in her life from all over the world, which is why I wanted her to come onto my podcast to talk about spiritual healing. I have been particularly interested in getting a spiritual healer onto the podcast because when I was going through my heartbreak, there were really moments where I felt powerless and so deeply hurt and I felt broken I felt broken inside and I just didn't know I didn't know what to do with myself and I know that like this had a lot to do with everything else that was going on this year and mental health um, issues I was dealing with depression at the same time as going through my heartbreak so I was really excited to talk to a spiritual healer because I felt like they would really be able to really see my pain and do something about it. Like I almost felt like if I met this spiritual healer that she would just read my body and be like, you are healed. Um, Obviously that's not what actually happened in the interview, but I did come away with some amazing, amazing tips and advice. Um, So I can't wait for you to all hear this interview. So here it is. Let's get straight into it. Hi Layla, I'm so excited to have you here on my podcast. You are a spiritual healer, someone that I really wanted to talk to about broken hearts and how we can heal, especially these days. Could you tell me a little bit more about what a spiritual healer is and what you do? Oh, thanks Florence. I really um, am also very honoured to be here and to comment on something that is so so significant right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, when I think of heartbreak, I'm not just thinking of losing a a partner or a loved one in in one way. I think of heartbreak as as a completely multifaceted and fundamentally human experience. Um, I, my work, I, I, I call myself a healer. I've done lots of training in in different healing arts. I for years originally I was working uh, really hands on uh, with the body and, and kind of therapeutic body work. I also um, teach uh, group yoga classes, and I have yeah. done for a long time. 
And I, I frame my practice as a healing practice and as a healing ministry. Mm. And um, so a lot of the work that I do with healing nowadays is not, not one-on-one anymore, but in a group setting. Nice. Um, so, so I'm doing, working with groups in, in kind of, you know, in what people come to a yoga class. I consider it, I consider yoga fundamentally a healing art. I consider spiritual awakening a healing yeah. journey. And um, so when people come to my classes, then one of the things that I often say at the beginning is this to me, this is a healing space and we're yeah. here to, to do a healing. Um, so my a lot of the work and, and in, in a way sort of unusual, a lot of people who call themselves a healer do a lot more kind of hands uh, like one on one work or, you know, maybe light toucher mm-hmm. or just, you know, not hands on hands off, but energy healing. I am trained as an energy healer. Mm. I consider the work that I do to be a form of, of energy healing. But fundamentally, um, I'm working with the group dynamic. I'm working with community. I'm, I'm gathering community. I'm working through multiple levels with healing. So one piece is, is education. Another piece is community. There's the um, somatic piece where we're doing different movements and, and asanas and, and different sort of these sorts of things. And also um, through my priestessing work, because I'm also a priestess. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's that? So this is um, facilitating ritual space mm-hmm. um, and uh, priestessing through um, calling community around ritual. Yeah. And it's non-patriarchal spirituality. Amazing. Um, so I'm I'm in the priestess world um, really initiated through the, the kind of traditions of this land, the Avalonian priestess tradition. So this is through this this part of the, the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely very influenced by other other non-patriarchal spiritual threads. Yeah. Um so that's that's sort of the general orientation of my practices and my ministry. That's amazing. It's really interesting that you do a lot of your healing work through yoga because I feel like Um, Well, for me personally, at the beginning of this year, when everything really started happening with the pandemic and stuff, I started really getting back into yoga. And it was it was such a nice thing to have. Mm. And it felt so wholesome Mm. and great. And what is odd is that I actually weirdly stopped practicing when I was going through my heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And I just found it impossible to get back to that place. Sure. And I, I think actually literally this morning, I just started a 30 day challenge again. And I was like, I'm just going to get back into this because yeah. I really need it. Oh, yeah, it's hard. I just want to honor the fact that it's really when especially with heartbreak like that, any kind of heartbreak. But I think particularly the sort of heartbreak that has to do with um, when you're in a process of disentangling mm. where there's been um, a very a big physical intimacy. Yeah. That, that that reclaiming the body space and and doing somatic practices of any kind can is on one hand incredibly helpful, but it's also very hard to kind of get yourself there. Yes, um, and to feel like you want to move. There's something um, there. I think there's something in in the kind of grief that comes with disentangling from a partner where there's physical intimacy at stake. Mm-hmm. Where um, there's a certain kind of stagnation, there's a certain kind of um, holding, like we want to, like I've felt it often, like I just want to not quite be my body because the ache that's in my body, you know, at multiple levels, it's, it's, you know, it's not just the heart, right? It's, it's Uh the, it's a, there's a, there's a whole body, the skin touch. Is yeah. now missing um, the genital connection, the whole, the every single level of what that connection is. Yeah. Um, I think creates a real fraught sort of a storm uh, in the body, and it can be really hard to want to to bring the body to movement. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, 
I mean, for in general, I say, yes, of course, it's a really good idea. And I remember an absolutely massive heartbreak I went to and I went in to freeze, you know, because it's yeah. it's part of the trauma response to not, you know, to kind of freeze up and not want to move and right. Stay in bed all week. Yeah. And, like, and then and then get triggered and scream. Right. Yeah. Like in that. <laughs> yeah. so I remember that very well. And a friend of mine, it was very dear friend of mine um, who's based in Sweden. We were on the phone and I just something happened and I and, and I needed to I called her to freaking out about something and she. Um, was like, okay, she kind of could tell she held the phone away from her ear because I really needed to kind of let it oh out. And she was like, okay, that's a lot. She's like, I really think you need to move your body. Um, and I got myself um, to a five rhythms class. And she was absolutely right. It actually started to, to find, it was like I reached that point where nothing was going to happen until I physically got into movement. Yeah. Mm. I just wanted to touch on as well the fact that we are going through such a weird time at the moment and it almost feels like everything that happens to us, we feel so much more deeply. It must be such an important time for you and like what you do at the moment and being able to sort of reach out to people as a healer. Yeah. I I mean, I guess in a certain sense, I've always felt the sense of importance of it, but never, I, I mean, I think it was just yesterday that I or maybe it was a couple of days ago in, in a teacher training scenario, mm. I was saying, you know, as a, as someone who's who's been committed as a healer for a long time, we have to like really like restrain like the sense of grandiosity because it's so needed and it feels right. like everything feels so important. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ways that um, I think that, you know, I kind of humbly work against any tendency towards grandiosity through this <laughs> in, in a time when it's so needed where, you know, it really feels like, wow, this is so important. Mm-hmm. Um is uh, by reminding people that we are each, every every one of us on the planet is a healer. Yeah. Um, but uh, the big remembrance for me, and that's part of my mission in calling community. Yes. Is to, is to always be calling community and reminding people and encouraging people to step up in the healing capacity. Something that I guess quite a lot of us would find quite hard now is to call on community because we've all been told that we're not allowed to mix with big groups of people and (laughs) it's like how do we foster community especially when going through pain I think a lot of people are going through heartbreaks and they are totally alone right now how do you have any tips on like how to find that community sure I mean, everything I do is oriented towards community. So, you know, if you want to connect with some people, you can certainly come into one of my offerings. I have Mm -hmm. a community called Vessel of Worth. Um, uh, and I, we do free offerings all the year round. We have a course that runs half the year, but even and that course has just begun. But even when we're not in that course, in that kind of deeper community, there's still like points of contact and and ways to connect. And, you know, I teach an immersion course every year for people. It's all about forming spiritual communities so that Mm -hmm. we can so that we can process more effectively. You know, one of the things I feel that is really hard to remember um, in a society that's so oriented towards um, individualism and towards the idea that we're supposed to do it on on our own. and then, of course, we're supposed to get a partner and that that's like we're just supposed to find the one other person. That just, one person. Yeah, it's, this is not a workable solution to anything. <laughs> no. um, uh, but is to to remember that it's really in the collective that the that the I think the most profound healings take place, mm. which is part of why my practice is oriented the way that it is. Yeah. So certainly and there's other communities, there's amazing communities. And I think, you know, that's one way that um, social media, I have a lot, lot big critique of all of that. But mm. there there is one one great advantage is that it's you can you can kind of shop around at this point. This is very true. <laughs> I think like that's the one good thing that we can take from social media is that it's great at building communities. Yeah. 
yeah. for people that can't find it. Yeah. Um, so please tell me like how you work as a spiritual healer and when people when people come to you with either emotional or physical pain. So if I was going to come to you and say, I'm so broken hearted, like what would what would you do? Hmm. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's in its way, it's hard for me to say just like off the cuff yeah. um, in general. But I can tell you some of the techniques that I personally lean on quite a bit. Yeah. Um, one is that I support people in getting connected to their own daily practice, meditation, mm -hmm. um, mantra, and also singing prayers and offering prayers and learning how to make offerings and how to find how to create a self-centering um, community connected space in your home to 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 kind of to orient to every day. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that I feel that I bring in my healing. Um, offerings is that orientation. So the orientation of yourself in your center, as mm -hmm. opposed to orienting into the center of a kind of couple ship that's now disintegrated or, yeah. or centering yourself in a future self. For example, you know, I've worked with people who are grieving, having worked through um, IVF cycles where no yeah. pregnancy or miscarriage has resulted. These are the kind, some kinds of heartbreak that I've, I've worked with over the years. And it's about really, you know, I'll go into session with people and support them in contacting a place that is fundamentally and intrinsically whole mm -hmm. and then encouraging them to to center into that. And that's really the heart and soul of it. And that's, you know, why the offering that I the big offering that I'm, I've just offered and, you know, this sort of commitment that I have, um, I call it vessel of worth. And it's really like the intrinsic and fundamental worthiness and utter wholeness of each yeah. person unto themselves and how to kind of keep bringing that forward in multiple ways. Yeah. Sometimes I use a like a kind of visionary process of going in through creative. It's you could call it creative visualization. They're guided journeys that I'll take people on nice. um, to do recovery. Sometimes the guided journeys will be um, sort of more imaginal. So there'll be a kind of like of inner visualization. And sometimes they'll be, um, I want to say, more sensate and more attuning to different level, like frequencies of awareness. Yeah. So, you know, kind of saying, OK, well, like guiding somebody into their own awareness to go to the place where there's the greatest degree of wholeness and integrity and to start to understand how big and vast our being is because most of the time, especially the heartbroken part, it's very human. It's very human to feel like we're not like we're not whole and complete unto ourselves. I'm, in addition to doing the priestessing work, yeah. I've also been a tantric yogini for years in this orientation. Um, the understanding in tantric yoga is that the fundamental thing that we're trying to do with our practices is to disperse the mistaken concept that we are not whole and perfect unto ourselves. Yeah, and it's more than a concept; it's a profoundly ingrained. Most of us bring that into partnership, I would say. We bring ourselves into partnership to put ourselves in the position to really confront the distortion that is telling us that we are not whole unto ourselves. I would yeah. say that's a lot of what I see in heartbreak Definitely, that we, way. We need to create that whole self to heal ourselves. Mm. Do you see a lot of people coming to you specifically with a broken heart? I feel like it's something that we, like quite a lot of people go through in their lives and it is such a tremendous kind of like pain and loss and it can sort of it can be physical and and I think I mean for me this was the first time I've ever experienced it this oh, year wow. and to me I was suddenly like oh my god I suddenly understand like what everyone's been talking about and it's horrible it is horrible <laughs> and I yeah I would because I because there's a broken heart you see you know a lot of times what we're experiencing in that heartbreak with that 
you know, in that partnership dissolution or whatever mm. has happened or the betrayal or all. I mean, goodness knows there's so many. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways it can happen. Good gracious, <laughs> you know, um, that what we're re-experiencing is where there was the initial loss of love, where there was a where there was a break in our sense of um continuity of love in our in our earliest childhood or mm. deeply ingrained in our ancestral lineage as well. Um, so I can certainly say that I went through a big um, – it wasn't a break, but it was a rupture with my partner this year. And yeah. it pointed me directly to that for that – the loss of love where there was where there was the, the break of love with my father where there had been an abandonment. Now, in the rupture, I went right back in and – but I was able to access it. And I think that's the the leverage point that a lot of that it that the the story that we tell ourselves of the lost love of this particular individual and the times that we had in this the way our life was like sort of fun or wonderful or great or something yeah. while that unity was in play mm. um, kind of might I don't want to say belie, but like can take us away from this opportunity to go right back into the the layer that this heartbreak is inviting us to yeah. to heal. Yeah. Once you get to that place, though, once you sort of realize the, say, it was the abandonment, how do you then kind of work with the pain that surrounds that abandonment and, like, how to get through that? Like, do you, mm. is there something you can do practically? Yeah. I mean, for me, in this particular case, I, I've mul- I'm, I'm also, I work with a lot of healers. Yeah. <laughs> I work with a lot of healers in, and in addition to my daily practices. So there's two things. One thing is the leverage point of daily practice. Mm-hmm. Let your heart break, let your grief. If I was going to give advice, let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let your heart break and let your grief point you into daily practice. And then – and don't leave it. In other words, commit to yourself and then do a thing every day that's like the recommittal. So it's yeah. a constant reaffirmed commitment. So that that piece is is in play. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one piece. So when I having daily practice, I have a lot of leverage to put a lot of my energy when I move into healing. When you say daily practice, are you talking about a meditation or yoga? I think it can look like anything. And for example, in the Vessel of Worth community, we are guided in daily ritual and spell crafting. Ah. So we're we're doing we're we're doing spell casting work. Yeah. And it's on a daily basis. So deep self-healing work every single day, committed around the same time every single day. Mm -hmm. That's an example. I also, in my yoga teacher training and my leadership and empowerment course that I run, we do, you know, more like a formal sadhana, you know, which is in the yoga tradition, it's it's called sadhana, which means practice. Abhyasa sadhana means, it's a Sanskrit word meaning committed practice over time, regular discipline, discipline practice, which just means we do it, we keep doing it. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of different ways to play. For some people, it's setting a timer, putting on music and moving their bodies. Mm. As a teacher and a facilitator, I tend to orient people towards having a clear space of simply sitting with yourself without doing anything commonly known as meditation, every (laughs) every day. Because that to me is there's like a ground zero. Mm. There's a big meeting of yourself. You see, this is what I mean when I talk about we need to have more leverage, I think, right now, especially with the weight of shift that is upon our the collective humanity. As many of us who are privileged enough to be in a position to get in there and actually do the healings. There are plenty of people where meeting the needs of daily life and really are are way too demanding for for it to be – you know, messing with our inner, you know, we, there's a lot of people who are just in survival. 
And I say, anybody who has privilege, we've got to do that work on on everyone's behalf. Yeah. Because you see, it frees – this is the thing. The bigger picture is that it frees us up to then be able to actually serve. As long as we're lost in our trauma and the the continual seeking of something to assuage the deepest traumas – we don't have any leverage to get out of our own story and into an actual collective engagement and into an engagement to 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 move against oppression and to, to really be awake to what's actually happening yeah. um, so that we can, you know, stand in our true humanity and do the, our activism or do whatever it is that we're here to really do for the for everyone, you mm-hmm. know, so that we leave this world in a better state than we found it, which is, of course, I think, you know, a the very go right. It's a I think it's a very, you know, if we want to be fully human, that's how we're that's how we're going to move, yeah. you know. Um, so in order to do that, we got to dig. We got to have the, you know, those of us who can must, I, I feel, I mean, you know, and also, by the way, like non-dogma, like I'm also live and let live. Like you need to do what you're saying. Like, yeah. wanna, I'm not telling anyone what to do. <laughs> and from my perspective, I'm, I will use the language like we must, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it has that feeling to me um, that we get the leverage point with daily practice. That allows that allows us to then go to these places and do a deeper healing. You sit with yourself and not do anything else. Yeah, have to just see you. Eventually, you sit in meditation for long enough, you're going to see all your thought patterns, the whole thing, and you're going to see that there's there's that, and then there's more. There's still always more to you than that. So I guess um, sort of going back to what you were saying before, like the best method really um, in your eyes is really like taking up that daily, daily, whatever it is, that daily time, whether that is yoga, meditation, dancing, sitting there, anything that you can do that is a daily thing for yourself would be just so useful for turning up for yourself as well because it's it's that's what what it's about really isn't it it's getting back into yourself because I feel like when you're heartbroken you project so much on like everything else around you yeah so it is centering yourself again and that's when things will become a little bit more clear uh, yeah, well, presumably you just sort of slowly but surely start to feel just a weeny teeny what tiny bit better every single day, a little tiny little bit, and it's like one of the. I mean, it is. It's the ice cream headache. Then suddenly you're like, oh, I don't, I don't feel. I'm actually not so depressed. You know, I mean, to me, the healing from heartbreak has always been a process where suddenly I realized I wasn't so icky. But then there were dimensions yeah. of the. Heart- I also visit my heartbroken self, even mm. now. Interesting. I like spend time with the part. The part of me is grieving like that heartbreak from 2012. Like I can tell myself the truth like, oh, that person is like on the sociopath spectrum. (laughs) You know, like we can tell ourselves the truth. Like we don't have to like and we you know, you don't have to make a meal of it. Like you can see like the the deficiency of that in that person's humanity is such that 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 partnership would not really be effective or possible with, you know, all the things that we can tell ourselves about whatever situations we've, we've sort of landed in. Um, and uh, the dreams of life that we dreamed together had value for me. Yeah. And there's a heartbreak there. And there's a heartbreak from that four-year-old child that reverberated through that experience. And there's a part of the four-year-old whose needs can be fully met now with this setup that I've got. And I keep I also visit regularly and check in and see if that's still going yeah. strong. If there's any other needs need to be met. And I also visit with that heartbroken. There's there's also a part of my being where the love went. It never it really did never come back in, in yeah. the same way. And that feeling of being really held and embraced and cherished 
was gone forever. And so for me, then I honor that and I let I let the heartbreak, I let my arms ache, you know, yeah. with the heartbreak. I don't know about you, but my arms, my arms are very achy. I really feel from, you know, really from oh my, my heart God. and down my arms, right. really in the, the rushing through my arms. And I, I'll spend time and I'll weep my tears. I take my tears and I put them on my altar. Nice. I think it is. I think it is nice to honor it. Definitely, because not everyone gets to feel that as well. Yeah, like it is. It is an honored pain because you have, like, you experience so much love to feel that heartbreak. Yes, yeah. Right? One of my one of my teachers once said, "We want to really feel our grief because the grief is the uh, is the is the natural like it's the it's the other side of the coin of our praise." Yeah, and we miss what we love. Right. Right. It always feels like with these sort of things in life, I mean, I very much feel like this anyway, is that everything happens for a reason and that it's all part of this learning, this growth, like something positive will come out of every negative thing that happens. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I tend to think of it as, as it's interesting. So I would make the distinction for my own kind of just kind of ordering of, of this that it's it's not so much that we're it's like from negative to positive. Yeah. It's that all of all of the circumstances of life can point us into into the into the like the perfection that doesn't have an opposite or we could say into like I wouldn't call it positivity because positivity will have negativity. It can point us to the bigger picture yeah. where there's not where there's a non there's a non-oppositional mm. state. Which is to say it's always pointing us into the vastness of our being, the vastness. Yeah. Um, and for me that's important because I think people get really yeah. um, addicted to positivity. And, you know, that's like positive, partner, money, things are okay, positive. And then like less money, no partner, but like whatever the thing is. Yeah. Now suddenly negative. And it's like, you know, and, the, you know, there's a whole cult of good vibes only, which I find an extremely harmful cult. So I tend to be a little – just a little, you know, discerning about the using mm. of, of the terms with the positivity and the negativity. I think um, what you want to get is 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 the joyativity, which is like that doesn't have an opposite. It's yeah. it's bigger than that. So it might have a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, you might be in a great state of joy, and it might be very hard. Like my, some of my most expanded states have been when I've gone deep and full surrender mm. to my own heartbreak and my grief. So, yeah. Cool. Um, just to sort of wrap up on sort of practical tips and advice, what what are your best tips for healing from a heartbreak in particular? Yeah. Okay. Prioritize your highest resources. Mm. And then work it down until you're, you know, can it maybe even sit down and make a list. All right. These are all the things that I that I can do to take care of myself. And let it go from French fries all the way to yogasana or whatever you think. <laughs> yeah. You know, like include all the things and put yourself in the way of all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so for folks who tend to go and hole up and get like alone in those times. Right. If you know that 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 friendship is a resource, then then reach out. That's one thing I really, really did with this this rupture with the partner. I was really like, oh, gosh, like I, I knew I couldn't I, could, I needed a lot of connection. Yeah. And I actually there was a period of time where because the heart the heartbreak that I felt in that rupture 
took me very deep into places of where I've had a lot of like just it really was a big clearing for me essentially. And I got went through a period where I had because I had people in all time zones around the world where I was basically any waking moment I was on the line with one of my friends for about it was about like five days or four days. And I just would I would sleep part of the time. And then when I wasn't sleeping, I was on the line with people. And then the people Everybody, it was like a patchwork of astonishingly good advice. Yeah. So I had one one friend who was just talking about this, basically talking about the the consciousness expanding dimensions, like when the heart breaks, like how how big the opening can be. And with her, I was riding that wave. I had another friend who was like rosemary under your bed and essential oil on your feet and then taking me. She actually got me. She's on Pacific time. So it was very early and I live right by the sea and she got me. Up to my – I'm on the phone with her because I couldn't be alone and I was just I was not going to be alone. I was on the phone with her and she got me in the sea to ground wow. myself. And then I got another friend who was like, you know, helping me with like what foods to eat. And like it was just like this amazing – and some people just like wanting me to tell them the story again of what happened. Like it was everything. And and I think like knowing that you can create a resource for yourself and your connections and your – this is the time to turn to friends for sure. 100%. Especially if you tend to go – if you tend to – if you tend to get a little like, I'm not going to share my, this is, you know. And I think it's really easy for people right now to hide away. Oh, yeah. Because we are like in this world, which is hard to connect with people in real life. You're not going into work, you're working from home. And some people are living alone. So if you're going through a heartbreak all by yourself. Yeah. Please. Oh, that was me. Yeah. yeah you get re- you get to reach out. And I also think... Um, Put yourself with the people. So now this is also discerning. Get with the people who can mm. support you in actually feeling your feelings. Yeah. Because the, the thing that can happen, I think, when, when the thing turns to depression yes. is when, when you start to shut down to the actual, the, the actual hurt that you're actually feeling. Yeah. You know? And so that, I think, is really important is to be, is to be discerning. Get with healers. Get with yeah. whoever you need to get with to to actually help you to presence the actual feelings and not to go that there's that thing where you go, you know, go in under the under the wave of it in such a way that you don't experience the wave, but you just go into a kind of darkness. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, keeping the energy through it. And of course, when we started the conversation, the body movement. Yeah. There's a wonderful teacher. She's teaching twice a week. She's now on the East Coast. She was in the UK for a while on Instagram. She's Hog Palace. H-O-G-P-A-L-A-C-E. Her name is Taylor. Wonderful movement teacher. There's a gazillion wonderful movement teachers. There's the wonderful woman of color owned studio in the Bay Area called Hipline. I mean, in a way, it's crazy. So it's all second half of the day if you're in the UK. Yeah. And I was doing dance classes that are just really fun and really like... um, Really body positive dance class Amazing. was really great for me. And of course, asanas and ritual. If you want to come hang out with me and come on, yes. come on over and we'll hang yeah. out, you know, and do rituals together. Um, I think that that is also, you know, finding those kinds of resources is also especially like the kind of, you know, the the heartbreak that we're experiencing it through the COVID crisis of 2020 is a really distinctive mm-hmm. kind of because it's there's a real dullness to it because it kind of, you know there's something so swampy heavy. and heavy about it um and that's that I think is we're going to have to you know apply effort skillfully <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh, to be with to be with that yeah and lastly do you think there is anything that we can really take away and learn from going through a heartbreak oh yeah 
<laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a treasure to get. When I think about this thing, like, if okay, look, with the partner, it's like the love that I feel for this person is very amazing. I really, really love him deeply. Yeah. And the way I felt loved by him and have felt loved by him is nothing like I've ever felt before. You know, yeah. it's just like the magic of, of that partnership. And and when the rupture came, I, you know, it was really a shock to the system. And but also, gosh, what a treasure to get in there and be able to be with that four year old. Right. What a tr- what a what an absolute screaming treasure. You wouldn't have done it otherwise. Well, no. And I've been trying to get into that place for a while. I mean, look, if you frame your life as uh, as a as to achieve the goal of partnership, yeah. then you'll always, you know, it's always going to be big trouble to, right. to deal, you know. But if you frame your life as a healing journey yeah, and you start to treasure the opportunities, I mean, that's a big shift. Yeah. And that for me is is so valuable and just the real heart and soulness of it, you know. Yeah. Well, th- thank yeah. you so much. And thank you so much for opening up about you going through a heartbreak this year as well. Like, I think this is just so great timing wise mm-hmm. for all of us um, to really share this experience together. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my honor and my pleasure. And I want to offer my blessings to everyone and their grief, you know, the, the, the grief and the grief that we're holding in our humanity and Folks in very different social locations also. I want to name how, you know, this the, the weight of our grief is very profound. And this is a time to really, I'm, I have to say one thing that I didn't mention about it is yes, to please. really bow to it, to, to have the humility to bow yeah. to the grief is a really big thing. And I want to personally bow to our collective grief, to the grief of the disenfranchised, mm. to the grief of the oppressed at every level. Uh, and bow to that human grief and to the way that it shows up in our individual interpersonal heartbreaks and the way there's an intersection there. I want to really bow to that and, and honor it and, and offer my own sense of trust in what, what emerges in that bow and in that humility. I feel so grateful that Layla really opened up about her own heartbreak this year, the rupture, and let us in on a lot of her own healing tips and how she coped with her own heartbreak. I think there are some really great tips and practical tips as well that we can take from Layla and what she has been talking to us about today. Firstly, the daily practice. I think this is such a good idea. And that could be like anything that you want it to be. So if you're not someone that sees yourself as a spiritual person, it could be something else. It could be dancing. It could be going for a walk. It could literally just be listening to music or whatever. Just make sure that you have something that you go to every single day that allows you to be with yourself and your body. This could be yoga, journaling, dancing, walking, meditating, sitting, like it could literally be anything. So you make up the rules of what your daily practice will be and how you're going to show up and commit to yourself. And I think that was like another really important point um, whilst talking to Layla is that we need to commit to ourselves. Like we were committed to this other person potentially and 
this is the time where we need to sort of step back and actually say, hey, look, I am a whole person by myself. So I can commit to myself and put in the work to work on myself and my own healing. Moving your body is so important when going through a heartbreak. And I think it's something that we all tend to shy away from or avoid when we are hurting and we're dealing with really negative times. We maybe would stay in bed for weeks on end, not talking about my own personal experience. I definitely am. I definitely 100% shied away from any kind of moving my body. Oh my God. Like, cause the, this whole year I was doing like yoga. I got it into my, like it was a habit every single morning I would do yoga. And then as soon as I went through this heartbreak, I couldn't get myself moving anymore. Like I couldn't make myself do yoga and it's, it's still been a struggle. Like even now like I'm out of, now I'm out of the habit. Like I, I really lost I lost that connection with my own body whilst going through that heartbreak, which is why it is so important to really try and commit to ourselves and turn up for ourselves when it comes to moving your body. And it doesn't necessarily have to be yoga or anything like that, but it is just moving like whatever that means to you whether that is dancing just stepping outside going for a run getting to the gym like any sort of movement even if it's um <laughs> I was gonna say even if it's rolling over in bed um but maybe it, it, it would be better if it was more movement than that but if that's the first move then that's the first move and we we've got to like we've got to be there with the grief and we have to feel things as well so if that's the stage that you're at that that's the stage where you are at and that is okay too but it is about making that commitment to yeah really be there for yourself secondly i think the point of making a list of things that you can do for yourself was really really important like what are your heartbreak resources what things comfort you what things like make you feel better i think it's about reminding ourselves that we have a huge resource when it comes to healing and just tapping tapping back into those things and staying away from the things that aren't necessarily the right resource um and i think especially if you are someone that shies away from being in communication with people whilst grieving kind of trying to reach out for that help and being honest about your feelings with your friends and your family and like whoever you want to reach out to for advice like I think the friendship being a resource is so valuable and when Layla was saying that when she was in her most heartbroken self and she couldn't be alone and she was on the phone like constantly like I felt that like I feel like that is such a good idea because I, I know that when I was going through the deepest part of my heartbreak, I shied away from connecting with people and I really didn't know how to talk to people. But it wasn't on their part that, that they weren't there for me. It was that I distanced myself from them. Um, and that 
wasn't helpful at all. So I think if I had had the connections and had the friends, I just like, you know what, I want to be on the phone with you for like a couple of hours. And like having like lots of people that could give you different advice is not a bad idea as well. It's almost like this podcast in a way, like having like all these different episodes, advice from different people someone's going to say something that's going to hit you in a different way and really resonate with you and be like, you know what? Yes, that's what I need to do. And I think that is something um, whilst talking with Layla that really like, it just really resonated with my, with me that I needed to do that daily practice and remind myself that daily practice is so important. And I'm still like, I'm still struggling like to get back into my habits of doing daily practice. And I think that's okay as well. We don't need that extra blame or like hardship on ourselves for not doing the commitment, but we can just try. Like all we can do is try to get back into that daily practice and make that space for ourselves. I like personally I am starting yoga and that's how I really connect with my own body and meditate as well like that is my meditation space and then also just going out on walks um, and whether that's like switching on a podcast listening to music or just walking around in silence with that time to your own thoughts and giving yourself that space like those are the things that have really really been helping me and maybe something that will help you as well so yeah let's all make that commitment to ourselves right now right here what are you gonna do for yourself every single day maybe get a pen and paper right now and write it down write it down in your phone like make a note of what you are going to do for your daily practice to commit to yourself right now and that could literally be sitting with myself for five minutes every single day making a cup of tea and sitting with that cup of tea for five minutes every day this is not a big thing this is definitely something that we can all do Tell me you cold, but it don't feel right. And I think just to end this episode as well, we all need to remind ourselves that everyone is a healer and we are all capable of healing ourselves and other people as well. We can all heal. So on that note, I feel like that's a positive way to end this weekend's episodes of How to Heal a Heartbreak. If you want to hear more from me, please find me on my Instagram at Florence Bark. Thank you all for listening and please remember to leave a little review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or send me a DM. Let me know what you think of these episodes. I would really, really love to hear from you and you will hear me again next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.